VIX the Convents. Welcome to the VIX the Convents podcast. Here's your host, NewSpark founder, Paul Mosenson. Hey out there, it's Paul Mosenson. Welcome to the podcast. Sorry I haven't done one in a while, but um been busy working on new business, but it's time for some thought leadership on our Fix the Convince podcast. And hope everybody's doing well out there. And today we have an, uh, an interesting guest. We're talking about what we call customer value optimization, which is an interesting phrase that you don't hear too much about, um, but I'm big on this. And his name is Will Lawrenson. Hey, Will, good morning or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure, sure. So, Will, you're a uh, what we call this customer value optimization specialist, and you help businesses increase the value of their customers through conversion optimization, customer experience, and retention. You work with a wide range of businesses, including, now these are, I guess, British firms, Europe Car Group, GameSys Group, Redley, and Tower London, and you wrote Not the Landmark, to help them achieve better results in their marketing spend and more profitable customer bases. So you probably focus more on the e-commerce industry, I would think. Um, but also uh, yeah, it's... Think. Yeah, there's there's a bit more e-commerce, but uh, I've done a bit with some B two B and and those those companies you mentioned, there was there were B two B elements as well. Yeah, yeah, you're based in London, and uh, yep. and you and you have your own podcast too, by the way, Customers Who Click. So that's uh, look forward to that. Um, so anyway, um, let's talk about what some questions. So. Tell me more about, you know, we know in this, in the, in the States, we use the phrase like CLV is um, customer lifetime value, um, which is basically kind of what we're talking about anyway. You call it customer value optimization. What does it mean to you and how do you work with businesses to improve it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, we use CLV over here, but it kind of, quite often I see it just used as a, like an average revenue metric, basically, um, across an entire customer base. So um, it's, it's almost the end, what, what businesses see is the end result of the other marketing efforts they do, so acquisition and, and some email marketing and things. Um, but I don't see much enough focus placed on that. Um, so what I do is I work with businesses to, to ensure that, you know, their, their websites actually get across the message that they need to to their customers um, they give those customers or, or leads or kind of depending on what life cycle stage they're at um, the best possible experience so that you know they they convert uh, into a lead or into a, a customer and a sale and that they have a good experience and that they want to come back and they're more likely to spend more money and they're more likely to be retained as a long long-term customer you know, it's especially in e-commerce, uh, a lot of businesses put, put a big, big focus on promotions and the price. And, you know, it, it doesn't really do much to, to add to that long-term value, which is crucial to the, to the actual business growth. Um, you know, if you give someone 40% off uh, and free shipping and uh, free returns for 60 days or something, 
you're getting to that point where the customer just says, well, I might as well. There's, there's no risk to me. I don't really know if I like this product, but there's no risk to me actually buying this. So if I don't like it, I can send it back. The real focus needs to be on convincing people it is the right product, giving them a good experience uh, with that product, with customer service, with their account, you know, whatever it is. So that actually they say, this is a fantastic product. I love it. I'm going to recommend it to people and I'm going to come back and buy again and again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, that's the point, right? Is retention. And you could have a great product. You think you do, but if the audience doesn't think so, they're not going to continue. So, and it's not just how good the product is and does it emotionally or logically solve your problem, right? But um, customer service, how's it going? You know, all those kinds of um, follow-ups that uh, will contribute to my um, education as well as my uh, loyalty, right? And, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and you know what is it's huge, by the way, as a sidebar is, you know, your word of mouth, right? If you're happy, you're going to tell your friends. So, um, yeah, exactly. If, if, if you're going to happy, if you're happy, you're going to tell your friends. If you, you might even be happy with the product, but something else puts you off. And that could mean that not only do you not refer friends, but you don't come back again. And with uh, subscription-based businesses, what I tend to see is, uh, you know, there won't be any, any notification that a trial is about to end or any notification that a uh, subscription is going to be auto-renewed. Um, you know, there's this whole, uh, who was it? Um, there's a couple of membership, like B2B memberships that I've come across in the past, actually, where you sign up for a year membership. It's normally to a kind of industry, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like an industry news business, you know they they do a lot of blogs and information for the for the industry as a whole, whether you're a retailer or an agency or or whoever. Um, but what they would do is, in their terms, they would say uh, your your membership will auto renew renew unless you give us uh, not less than thirty days notice and not more than ninety days or sixty days. So they actually give you quite a specific window that you have to. Uh, kind of unsubscribing and it's it's just bad business uh bad behavior really because all you're going to do is annoy people who accidentally fall outside that window um and, and don't unsubscribe and uh one one experience i had that was really good yesterday actually was i i signed up yeah. for blinkist do you know blinkist no i don't know that one so it's an app where you can basically read any book in 10 to 20 minutes they, they summarize the book and they do it really, really well. So they'll take these business books that might be. Oh, I, I needed that in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, yeah, like cheat sheets and things. Um, but yeah, they. We used they, to call them cliff notes. We used to get them in the bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like just like that, really. Um, yeah. Actually, actually, we used to have those. I, I definitely had a few of those at school. Um, but they, they did something that was really good because it worked well in two ways. They asked me, do I want to be notified when my trial is about to end? And obviously, yes, I do. I want to make sure my trials, uh, you know, I want to make sure I'm happy at that stage because they have an annual subscription policy. So I want to know before I spend 60 pounds, so I don't know, $80, maybe closer to 100. Um, I want to know I'm happy. If I'm not, I want to be notified so that I can cancel that. 
So that was really good because it made me feel like the brand's going to be transparent about that. You know, they've got almost got the, my best interests uh, in mind. But it also meant that they enabled push notifications on my phone through that. So it was kind of not a sneaky way of doing it, but it was actually a really clever way of getting me to opt into notifications. And now they will notify me about books as well. Right, right. Okay. So they kind of found like two good reasons to get me to, to opt in, um, but by particularly focusing on the subscription, which I, I thought was really, really good of them. Right, sure. Listen, with texting, more power to it. You can always opt out, right? So Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the biggest con- misconception you have about the, this customer lifetime value metric? Um, I think with a lot of businesses... I, it's probably not an opinion that people will share, but it's the way they behave. And it's that once a customer's in, that's it, that's job done. You don't really have to do anything to retain them. You might send them an email blast every week or every month, but it's, you know, they, they're aware of the brand. They've been a customer. They know the products. Therefore, if they want another one of those products, they're going to buy from you again. But it doesn't work like that. You know, you have to keep up the education um, you have to keep up that, that customer experience at all times. You, you can't, you know, even if someone buys from you for the 10th time, you shouldn't just sit there and assume that they will buy from you that 11th time just because you sent them an email and reminded them that maybe they need this, this product again. You know, you've, got to, you've got to keep that engagement up, keep the education going, remind people why your product is so much better than someone else's. Um, especially if you're in a, you know, like a, commoditized market where people might be able to find very loads of very similar products you know there's always that way to explain why people should buy from you more and it might not be related to the product specifically it could be related to your customer service which is just so much better than anyone else's but you've got you've got to keep it up and i think too many businesses just assume that you know once you're in you've made that first purchase or, or maybe you've made that second or third that they'll target it's kind of job done and they'll start to relax on the retention side there. And then they just really keep focusing on that acquisition. You know, all you've got to yeah. do is get people through the door and it's kind of job done, but, it, but it's not. You know what I've seen a lot that I like, and you probably know these tools where um, people stop buying a subscription or, or a, they get, you know, a, um, a form that pops up it's kind of an exit survey sorry to see you go you've seen all those and that way you can yeah. get you know if anybody wants to fill it out they can yeah. at least to get some insights into what you can do better to keep other customers from doing the same thing right so i think that's valuable it, information that people should be taking more advantage of when they can it, it definitely is but the key thing is you've got to use that information and again i think i think it's one of these things that loads of companies you know, it's, it's one of these things that the product team will build because they know it's something that needs to be added to a, to a cancellation form because they've, you know, they've canceled products themselves. They've seen feedback forms, but then that data doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't get used. And, you know, at the very least, you need to be reviewing all that feedback on a, you know, probably monthly basis for larger companies. I, you know, if you're, if you're small in a startup daily, but at least monthly, you know, seeing what pops up quite a lot and seeing how you can go about fixing those. But the best way of doing it is actually taking that feedback into account, um, 
kind of assigning it to that customer's account and then being able to personalize your emails based on that. You know, if someone says, um, oh, I'm not, uh, let's say, you know, I unsubscribed from Netflix recently, actually, um, and I haven't been impressed with their emails at all. But yeah. if I'd said to them, uh, I wasn't finding value in the service, you know, I thought 999 is too much. I don't feel like I'm watching that much. What they could have then said in their emails was, well, actually, you've been watching uh, X many hours of, sh- uh, of shows per month. So that equates to just 20 pence per, per TV series, you know, per, per show you've watched or something. You know, they, they could turn that feedback into something that makes me go, oh, actually, do you know what? That's right. That's dirt cheap. I'm actually getting loads of value from this. Or they could oh, yeah. say yeah. per show you've watched or something. You know, they, they could turn that feedback into something that makes me go, oh, actually, do you know what? That's right. That's dirt cheap. I'm actually getting loads of value from this. Or they could oh, yeah. say, yeah. You're kind of you're kind of like reassuring someone like, hey, it's okay. I mean, you do watch it a lot, but you know, you can't. You don't want to push people; they don't get turned off even. You know, oh yeah, I mean, in the the actual cancellation form, you you want to make it easy. Um, you know, maybe give well, sorry, definitely give people the option to pause because that works really well. Um, but gather that feedback, and then in the emails just follow up. You know, if they said to me, you know, you watched X number of hours of shows last month at a cost of X amount per hour, and you watched like five different series. You know that's all information that makes me think, oh, this is actually really valuable. Maybe maybe I should resubscribe, or maybe I will come back. Um, but they didn't, unfortunately. They their emails were quite basic. I mean, yeah, I mean, really, from a big picture, there is a right. You're talking about like an exit strategy to, re- to retain customers, but like you know, we've seen them all the time. Even like pop up, say before you leave, or would. How about a um, you, we give you this deal for three more months and see how it goes or something, right? Or um, or maybe like a free product or something just to see if we can hang in there a little bit longer. And the end of the day, someone say, "Never mind, I want to cancel." You know, we've seen that too. Like, are you sure? So, but I get it. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing for me is always showing the value because you know you you could offer some more free months, but if you if Netflix offered me a free month. I'm pretty sure, like I'm 100% sure I would take that free month and then cancel again. But if they explain to me that I've been getting loads of value from it and I've been watching loads of different shows and clearly enjoying it because I watch all the shows to to 99% completion, um, you know, that's going to tell me that I actually do get value out of this service and I should keep keep paying for it. Well, what you talk about also is similar to... um you know, SaaS model out there, right? Which is subscription-based software. And um, yeah. because they're all about, it's similar to e-commerce, right? Because, you know, whether it's trial to buyer, then buyer to upsell and, you know, and all these strategies about um, what you're going to give somebody and what they're going to get for it. And then, you know, they decide where to cancel it. Oh my God, right? <laughs> so then we got to figure out ways to say, are you sure you want to leave? We'll give you the the pro package for twenty percent off if you want to learn more and get more features. Whatever it is, right? It's again, it's it's a boardroom thing to sit back and say, what's our what's our plan to to retain lost customers, right? Yeah. Um. Actually, I, I've come across a couple of uh, SaaS businesses where every month they'd give you a just a monthly update of of what you've been doing with your account. So if it's a social media tool it would say you've sent this many tweets, got this many impressions. 
uh, and things like that. One was an email tool which said, you know, you've sent, you've set up this many campaigns, you've sent this many emails, uh, you've made this amount of revenue per customer, that sort of thing. Those are the metrics that on a monthly basis mean you're seeing value. And it's especially crucial with B2B actually, where the person who signed up for it might leave the company. I mean, let's, it, let's be honest, it's likely to happen at some point. <laughs> might be a couple of years, might be five years, 10 years, whatever. At some point, the person who signed up will leave or they will change role. And so you've got to be able to convince the next person to come into that role that your tool is still worth using. And you do that by providing those regular updates because you, you won't know that as the actual company, that, as that service provider. Right. Or, or reminders, right. Or reminders of uh, features that you may not be aware of. Oh, did you know? And then if you have a new feature, hey, we're on Zapier now or something, right? Then you're yeah, adding exactly. value to, to all that. All right, cool. Um, just going back to customer lifetime value, I mean, if you had to have one piece of advice for prospects or clients, what would it be regarding this key metric? Um, so I think it comes down to informed customers are happy customers and happy customers are valuable customers. It's, it's kind of what I was mentioning at the start. You know, yeah. If I know, if I'm fully informed about the products that I'm, I'm looking at on my screen, I'm going to be pretty happy with my decision to purchase it. And then when I receive that product, if it matches up to that information that I received, I'm going to be happy about my purchase. And then if I'm happy about my purchase, I'm likely to come back again. Right? It's a simple way of putting it. You know, there's, like I said earlier, a few other touch points that could be customer service and things. But at the end of the day, if the information is there to convince me to buy, and then the product matches up to that expectation that was set by the information, I'm more likely to come back and buy again and again or stay as a subscriber. Right. So I think it's, you know, just make sure all those questions are answered. You know, give people all the information they need. Don't rely on them getting in touch um, to ask customer service or something. You know, if that information can be provided on a page, provide it on a page. Okay. We spoke about uh, keeping customers informed. Um, is there anything else you want to add to that conversation as far as customer feedback and, and getting insights about um, you know, customer loyalty and retention and those kinds of strategies? Yeah, I mean, uh, customer feedback is essential. Um, yeah. You know, not just, and not just your customers, actually. You know, there are, there are multiple segments I always target with every client I work with. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, site visitors who are just browsing the site and might abandon it. You can ask them, uh, you know, what's the number one reason you haven't purchased today or what's the one thing that would make this page more useful? Um, you've got your leads. So all those people who have dropped an email in uh, but not actually converted, you know, what, what are you looking for? Uh, what's the one reason, you know, again, what's the reason you haven't bought? Um, or it could be, you know, the customers themselves. You know, what, what do you like about the product or service? What do you not like? Um, what's what's the one thing that might be uh, putting you off or might be causing you concern? And then obviously you've got those those uh, kind of churned customers as well. You know, why haven't you come back and bought again? Why did you cancel your subscription? And getting feedback from all those segments really then helps you um, build out and kind of well upgrade all those touch points as well. You know, it, it helps you make sure that that initial experience when someone lands on your website is as good as possible. And it helps you make sure that you know, 
the actual usage of that product is the best possible experience as well. Listen, you're always uh, trying to pivot your business if need be, right? If Because you got to rely on your customers. I mean, I see too much where some, especially startups, I mean, if they do initial research, they might believe their own press clippings more than they should, right? And so the audience, yeah. the audience um, has to, um, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you, you got to be honest and say, well, maybe we need to change some things here. Maybe we thought people want it, but they don't. Or maybe not enough people want it. Or the people who do want it, they try it and they don't stay. So, like, what is the problem with it? You know, they don't like it or it's not working for them. Is it too expensive or is it just – who knows, right? But without yeah. without investigating this, you're going to, you know, you're going to keep going on and on until you you just have to be ready and be smart about it for sure. And exactly. Investors, and investors are going to want that too. They want to know that you're uh, tweaking it. Yeah. And likewise, you can also pick up on those segments that actually you haven't been targeting. So it opens up opportunities for you as well. And I think these days when, when really, you know, you need to be thinking about the entire customer journey all, all the time. So whether it's your advertising, your cold email, your content marketing, whatever, you need to be thinking, how are we going to talk about the use case that we're talking about at every touch point here? So what I mean by that is, um, I'm trying to think of a product off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, you might have, let's say, go back to the social media example. You've got, you're targeting one person who just wants to be able to schedule up loads of tweets um, and, and Facebook posts and LinkedIn posts. That's one use case and, and kind of pain point. And then you might have one person who actually doesn't really mind the scheduling up part, but they want to know the analytics better. So you've got two audiences there with very different requirements. So you need different adverts, different landing pages, you know, different content the entire way through till they purchase and then different content in those emails as well. And that's the sort of thing that this customer feedback will, will help you build out and, uh, uh, yeah. and, and target. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you're talking of uh, some high level stuff that is for another conversation about testing, right? <clears throat> and yeah. The messages yeah. and because that's part of the refinement, not just, you know, the, you know, Everything in marketing really is testing, but but you just need enough data. But that's a whole nother story for another podcast since we're running out of time here. Yeah. So, but listen, the only thing I could say to people, you know, and my clients is customer lifetime value, have the right metrics to measure it properly because that's how you measure your ROI, not a one-time buy, but it's the value of that customer. If you look at that, yeah. your, your numbers are going to be... Uh, more positive with your ROI metrics when you include lifetime value in your uh, in your calculations. Yeah, exactly. I, I think too many people focus on that initial CPA um, and, and and ignore the fact that someone might go on to spend another thousand dollars, but they've, they've viewed a fifty dollars CPA as too high because that initial purchase is only fifty dollars or something. Right. Right. So, sure. Well, um, well, this interesting conversation here and. I know you do your own podcast as well with some good insights if people want to go to that. It's um, customerswhoclick.com to listen to Will's podcast. And he's got a lot of great guests. And uh, it's, it's, it's great to learn about 
you know, customer insights and values and all these kinds of metrics. It's things that you, it, it's, it's so critical. So, um, but anyway, um, this is Will, Will Lawrenson. Thanks for uh, joining me today on the Fixed Ticket Events podcast because everything in marketing and sales is about convincing. That's what we do. And that's why we help companies with that convinced process, including what you do. So I appreciate it. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince.